0: everyone to good night and good game your source for geek news for the week that was i'm your host james and with me as always is my fabulous co-host hector hello this week on the show after the news we are going to discuss the upcoming remake of the last of us before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where's a patron of our show. You can suggest topics for us to talk about. Uh, this week, uh, I actually have tomorrow, which is going to be Friday off, and I'm going to be hammering out the script for the Expanse episode and also working on the very special Halloween movie marathon stuff that we're going to be doing. So.
1: Um, I'm ready to watch some horror movies.
0: <laughs> it's about that time. It's September 1st is a day of recording. It's super exciting. I've already got my my pumpkin everything ready, so Oh hell yeah. Oh it's time to buy some winter gourds. (laughs) Yes. All right, with all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, let's start with you.
1: All right. Let's see. So I've been playing more Midnight Fight Express. That's been occupying most of my gaming time sure. outside of uh, Kentucky Route Zero, which I'm still going through. It's still just as good. And we will we will absolutely be talking about that at a later date. Yep. I'm going to try um, and
0: finish it this weekend if I can. Oh,
1: very nice. Yeah. I, I think I... I'll definitely make a dent in it, but I think it might be longer than a long weekend for mm-hmm. me. Um, but that—that's been my gaming this week. Not too sure. much to say on that. But uh, I fin—I finished the third season of Solar Opposites. Very nice. Very, very funny. Very great. There's whole. There's this whole. And we've said this a few times on the show. There's this whole subplot. Their B-plot is literally an ant farm they have where they shrink normal humans down and put them in their wall. And that is its whole own show (laughs) and could definitely be its whole own show. (laughs) And that just keeps getting better and better, too. And like both sides acknowledge what the other is doing in really mundane ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's great. It's a great show. Another thing that I started continuing was uh, Superman and Lois Season 2, which nice. is on HBO Max, even though it is technically under the umbrella of the CW. This is because of the increased budget, the increased budget, and in, like literally every level, the effects
0: are better. The and It's really just not tied to the CW shit.
1: Yeah, it's not tied to any CW shit. No one's like, let's go get Supergirl or anything right. like that. Like, it's just Clark doing Clark stuff with his family. He's married to Lois. He has two younger boys. One of them has expressed his powers. It is all very very interesting but this boy is very young and he has a girlfriend and he loves her and he wants to tell her the truth and dad's like what the fuck you know (laughs) like there's a lot going on it's a really good show if you want some domestic like tv show wholesomeness but also like superman and like some comic book shit this is a great show i can't recommend it enough easy to digest easy to have on and just like enjoy Mm -hmm. and not have to i don't know think too much
0: yeah i like that
1: Yep, and uh, yeah, that's me.
0: All right, it was a short week for me too. Um, On my side of the world, I started a new job this week. Yeah, Uh, and so that tends to take all the energy with you that you need to be putting into to new job and learning and doing things Mm -hmm. and and all that. Um, So, like I've been saying every week for the last few weeks, and honestly, I'm saying right now, unless something really blows my mind this year, it's entirely possible that Arcade Paradise is going to end up my game of the year because I have just been playing it that much. It is my I can. Come home, crack open a drink. Perfect timing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sit down and play Arcade Paradise for a couple hours. And uh, I know that I've said it before, but it it flows states so easily. Yeah. Like the other day... Um, I got home and I you know, grabbed my drink and I'm on the couch and I'm playing. And then I went, went out to have a cigarette and I was like, holy crap. I didn't realize there was a storm going on outside the apartment <laughs> yeah. because I'm just that into it. And so it's just this, you know, it's the repetitive tasks of like clean the arcade, play the arcade games. What's my next personal goal? What's the next thing that I'm trying to hit? And it just clicks with me on this like. Deep level that's almost scary. I think. Yeah. Um, So I've been playing Arcade Paradise, and I keep talking about it every week. But seriously, go pick it up. This indie studio deserves all of the love in the world. Um, And also, a thing that I do, like when I'm in a a very busy state, is I just binge food shows. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've been Mm -hmm. really just on Discovery Plus, like catching up on like the cooking competition shows that Mm -hmm. I've been missing out on. So I just kind of do a lot of that, and that's that's boring to talk about, but it's it's just kind of like how I send.
1: No, no. So I I do have a thing for you yep. um based on that because it's something that i've been doing that i really haven't talked about because i'm only like a little bit of the way through it mm-hmm. um it, it, because i also do love a good food show to relax mm-hmm. and i know that you've been getting back into anime a little bit recently mm-hmm. nice. there is an anime on netflix that is called food wars okay and it is literally like iron chef competitions okay but like a fighting anime in that, like, they come up with amazing dishes, and you get to see judges react to their brilliance, and they're literally just cooking against each other, and each new opponent has a gimmick. Yeah. Like, one only, like, like like studies you so well that he makes exactly what you make, but better. Yeah. yeah like, shit like that, you know, but... But, but, but it's culinary and, and yeah. it's about like how the food reminds each individual judge of their childhood and shit like that it's it's yeah. it's wonderful that's it's fantastic
0: there's a really great uh, anime called bartender you need to watch six mm. episodes long oh. and the idea is it's this mystical bar that only certain people can find unless they need to go there uh-huh. and uh, they ba- basically get in front of the bartender they tell him him their life story and then he decides what drink they get and every drink is a real drink and mm-hmm. every at the end of every episode they teach you how to make every drink that he makes oh that's Very, very brief. Uh, But we should talk about one thing that we have watched together. uh, Not together together, but Mm -hmm. we've both watched it. Um, The new Game of Thrones show. Yeah. It's out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. House of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ah.
0: The story of the Targaryens, 2000 years before the rise of Daenerys. Um, What are your thoughts
1: well, so far, um I mean i <laughs> this is so fucking shitty to say because look, Game of Thrones was a good show. it was mm. a good show for many, many years, at yep. least at least three and a half to four years of my life. Mm. Game of Thrones was one of the best shows on television
0: It was the thing to talk about television. and Mondays. it
1: was the water cooler conversation yep. back before. When we had those yep. and did things like talk to each other in close proximity at work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Those were the days. Yeah. Uh, the the, the battle days. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like people. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Um. Yeah. So there was a long time when Game of Thrones was good. Yeah. And then it started to go off into like a nebulous, weird world because they ran out of books and they just started mm-hmm. writing their own headcanon. And then they ended the show so poorly that I don't like the show anymore, mm-hmm. even though the first three to four seasons really got me. And I mm-hmm. loved that. T- I loved those shows. Mm hmm so when I say this, please understand all of that backstory at this point. I like house of the dragon better than game of thrones. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Two episodes in two episodes in, you know
1: what? At this point, um, I watched the first episode to see if it would just be complete shit. It wasn't, it was cool. Yep. And then I watched the second episode and I was like, you know what? At this point, this show is good enough that I like it more than game of thrones because I, 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 it doesn't make me feel weird to think <laughs> about watching it again.
0: Sure, sure. I can see that. I think for me, the key word that you brought up here um, was water cooler talk. Yeah. Um, G- Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. And maybe I'm just disillusioned because of the last season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I Even though I know a lot of people are watching it. There are people talking about it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it, it does have an active of, act of like talking about and memes are showing up. And that's usually the sign of a show's you know how well it's doing is Uh if there are the means right right. I
1: mean think about like the last season of uh, Stranger Things just to just to show how powerful what you're mentioning is, this is a show that was dropped all in one day, not yeah. a show that was airing week to week. And it still became a water cooler conversation on Twitter for like two to three weeks. And had all of the memes. All the memes. Yeah. Um, and backlash and backlash and, and backlash. And maybe I'm
0: alone in thinking this, but I, while I have been enjoying House of the Dragon, I don't mind tossing it on. Mm-hmm. I have been finding it doesn't seem to strike that same, oh my God, did you see Game of Thrones last night? True. Right. True,
1: but that's because and this is this was also true for the first season of Game of Thrones. It yeah. wasn't until everyone got to know all the characters and watched them start betraying each other that that, that be became a... the real, like, oh, do you see that I just, I just
0: remember Jonathan Van Ness who most people know these days from one of the stars of Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, got, one of the things that got his start was this, like, it was a like, new ground. I forget where it was on the internet, but you could get it. And he had this, like, thing where he just did people's hair and every week just talked about oh my god, did you see Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't gotten to a point where I feel like, God, I wish he was doing that show again because it, I need that, yep. that gossip talk about, man, what do you think is going on in Game yeah. of Thrones?
1: I mean, if they do it right, we'll get there again. I yeah. And I really hope we do. Like, I want the show to be good. If, after the first two episodes, I, I don't cynically hate it. I want it to be good. And, yeah. and not I, that it hasn't
0: been so far. I just want the Targaryens not to be boring. Yeah, exactly. Because we are, at least for right now, watching a House. Yes. And it's like... Okay, but can it be good with just that?
1: Right, and I wish they would do more. And this was a big thing with the first show with Game of Thrones was the the, the opening credits, which we got yep. this week. What we did not get was a map. Right. And remember, since we're 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 in the before times, we don't know that the four fingers is you know Dragonstone, and we don't know where people are going when they're mm. talking about Valeria, right? You know, because these are. These are nebulous places in in the story of Westeros that we've known before. Yeah, they've chosen to show
0: lineage instead of geography. Right. And it doesn't feel as impactful to me.
1: Right, because there's... And maybe they're trying to avoid the idea of travel time because it's a big thing in Martin's universe. Sure, yeah. So... But at the same time, like, I don't know, I would like to feel a little more grounded in the world considering all the different locations we're already seeing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's everything that we've got for the Prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, on the other side, we'll be going into our new segment in the Weekly Raid. The Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It is time for the Weekly Raid, your news roundup of this week's geek news. Kicking things off, the recent game, The Mortuary Assistant, which I think you recommended to me, actually. Yeah, might have. Um, is getting a film adaptation. So the the story, if you haven't played it or know much about it, it's about a mortician named Rebecca Owens. And there's this like evil presence that surrounds both her and the mortuary where she works. Yeah. Think demonic spirits, think all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No. And uh, yeah, just recent news as of just a couple of days ago, they were like, yeah, people played that game. And they're like, uh, we're going to make that into an adaptation.
1: Yeah. No, that sounds great. I, I love stuff like that. I love that we're now in the part of the video game medium where if someone makes a story so good, someone says, I can make a movie out of that. The same way they do a book or a, or a, or a, or a Broadway play or a screenplay or a television show. They're like, and, and that's some, a movie.
0: Some games work well for that. Mm-hmm. You know, One could argue that you could take a game like Stray and make a movie out of it and be really fucking cute. Oh, but that would be adorable. Like, but something like Kentucky Route Zero... I don't know if I would say make a movie of that because every single choice in that is so dependent on the person playing.
1: Yeah. So, so Sometimes the medium really is just deeply ingrained in the message. Sure. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero is definitely one of those. I don't think you could get a story told as well and as completely as Kentucky Route Zero or, and I'm going to talk about this later, The Last of Us without it being a video game.
0: Yeah, sure. And one of those... Properties that I've often had contention with is Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Um, and our next That's of, a tough one. Yeah, and our next bit of news is actually that the Netflix Bioshock movie has found its director. Um, it's going to be uh, Francis Lawrence, who directed both I Am Legend and Constantine. Okay. Um, Netflix has also said that if the movie is successful, they would love to make a Bioshock cinematic universe is what they're calling it.
1: I mean, yeah, we, it's not like they don't have the material. Um, so here's my problem. Yeah,
0: as the as the resident Bioshock, whatever you want to. call I
1: hear it, you're a fan. You've like, you like the game a little. Yeah. yeah, I
0: don't. I have an entire room in my apartment dedicated <laughs> to artwork from Bioshock. I am of a mixed feeling about this because i think that what we've been told is that bioshock is going to be kind of like before the fall of rapture or at the fall of rapture it won't be a best based around the game itself so we won't have to worry about the you know a man chooses a slave obeys which is the whole big thing in bioshock that makes it a video game mm-hmm. you can't translate that to a movie really um i mean you could but it wouldn't have the same impact right um It's not just the idea—I'm starting to get on board with the idea of a Bioshock movie the way that they're discussing it. I'm like, okay, we're going around the game, and that's a universe that we can play, and I can dig that. Obviously, I love raptures and aesthetic. Yeah. My problem is when a movie has not come out yet—and we've heard a lot of this over the last 20 years— and people start tossing around the words fucking cinematic universe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully— that they they're using cinematic universe in the way that we talk about like the Nickelodeon extended cinematic universe <laughs> with like iCarly and Victorious and you know we're we're just like you know what we got a game and then we got like a movie and then we got a couple TV shows or something you know we're we're just keeping it loose keeping yep. it fun we're playing around in Rapture and I like Rapture I mm-hmm. think Rapture is a good setting mm-hmm. at the same time like there's. There are ways to do this well and there are ways to do this badly. And I think a perfect analog for this is actually the Matrix.
0: Okay.
1: Because what we haven't had is zion the tv show or zion the spin-off movie or it's like like, like adventures in zion the netflix special you did get an animated shorts i'm getting there
0: oh all right well jumping ahead in the
1: story what we, we we don't get that because it's a bunch of people living in a weird dystopian cave slash like water fear purification network right uh deep underground uh where the earth is still warm away from the surface and from the machines yep um and this Sal sounds really cool, but no one ever figured out a way to write it and make it useful. And I'm not even sure anyone tried. Mm-hmm. What we got instead was, like, the, ma- the Animatrix, right? Mm-hmm. We got stories from inside and outside the Matrix based on people who transverse the in-between. So when I think about this and I think about Rapture and I think about... Um, Whatever the uh, the, the one in the sky was called Columbia, yeah, yeah. named after Columbus. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I think about Rapture and when I think about Columbia and the the you know the, the communism, but mostly fascism and actual evangelical fascism of it all mm-hmm. and like the, the way that it wants to play with societies, but who are also like technologically inclined to destroy themselves at any moment, mm-hmm. literally giving people who just walk the streets normally high powered weapons available for purchase out of any, you know, vending machine. Right. Like th- there's a lot of potential here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that could be done and there's cool stories to be told. We saw that with uh, Bioshock Infinite's DLC. Mm-hmm. I, I just I I mean, I, I, of- I just want it to be good, and yeah. it can and it's only going to be good if uh, you you know what <laughs> What's that? you know what you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to talk about whether I want Bioshock shit until I see The Last of Us.
0: I mean that's a good opinion to have on it like, because that- I really
1: trust the people making The Last of Us, but I right. really don't know how you're gonna put this medium into fucking. It, 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 it into, into a TV show much less a movie right. so uh, yeah I, I, I want to see how The Last of Us turns out because I think good people are making it in a good way right. and if it doesn't disappoint me then yeah maybe I'm down for some Bioshock if but it, Bioshock's he- hard
0: and that's the thing Bioshock's hard I feel like The Last of Us is easier to adapt agreed 100% so much easier to adapt
1: yeah easier world for for audiences to imagine even you don't have to do nearly as much world building
0: yeah something like Bioshock you have to I mean you have to first off convince people you know people live under the ocean yeah and you start from there
1: yeah Uh, not only that but you don't have an established protagonist you only have antagonists in Bioshock all of the people you are are nobody
0: yeah exactly so, I, it, like I said, the only thing that worries me is that we're tossing around that word cinematic universe and way too many people are playing loosey-goosey with that term right now. Oh, yeah. And I feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot because if that first one isn't good...
1: You set up sequels for nothing. You,
0: you set up sequels for nothing. Yeah. And people are going to make fun of you. Like, even to this day, we all go like, hey, remember the dark universe that Universal... Oh, yeah. I can't
1: wait for that next Russell Crowe movie Is Dr. Jekyll.
0: Right. Like, that's the thing. Once, you, once you've borked that... Like mm-hmm. Wait until it comes out. If it's successful, they're like, yeah, so by the way, we had planned a cinematic universe. That's why we put the bonus movie thing at the end of the credits. Call it a day. Yeah. Go from there. Um, but yeah, But let's talk about other big universes, oh. bigger universes, oh, bigger yeah. galaxies it, it, that are very I mean, far, far away.
1: Size does matter.
0: Size does matter. And one of the things we want to talk about here is The Last Jedi's director, Ryan Johnson, mm. who has confirmed that his Star Wars trilogy is actually still in the works. Uh, recently, there have been some reports saying that it had been canceled. Uh, According to Ryan Johnson, he said that uh, he's been in talks with the head of Lucasfilm, who's Kathleen Kennedy, uh, pretty often. And that it's really just a matter of schedule and when it can happen. Now, on the other side, Kathleen Kennedy has been interviewed. And she said that it will be a while, quote, before Johnson will be making his Star Wars film.
1: Yeah. I mean.
0: I have a theory about this whole it's going to be a bit before he does it.
1: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: My theory is, and I know we don't normally go into rumor speculation, but this is just me throwing something out there. I think they're giving the nerds, in air quotes, Mm. some time to cool the fuck off.
1: I think you're right. I really do. Uh, more, honestly, more, yeah.
0: More people are coming around to The Last Jedi.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just the best movie in the trilogy by, like, not only leaps and bounds and, like, miles. It It's a contender for the best of the entire saga. Right. Like, like absolutely. Yep. And it got so much backlash and so much bullshit thrown at it when it came out that, like, what?
0: Yeah.
1: That's yeah. True. I... You need to give people time to cool off. You need to give people time to recover from how bad the rise of Skywalker was and how like cynical and shitty and like, it's the, it's the bad face of Disney. Like (laughs) everyone, Disney spends so much time and so much energy only showing their good face and they always hide the bad face like every company does, but they do it. In such an amazing way, and because their products are for children and the young at heart, you really feel like they're good people. Right. And when, when the Rise of Skywalker came out, in reaction to the backlash from Ryan Johnson's movie, it was so fucking gross and cynical and just
0: everything was just like, how bad is this movie? They're ruining Star Wars. Uh, like, yeah. It's just like, come on. Like
1: yeah, it, they, they, they got to give people time to cool off. They got to yeah. give people time to. Come together and realize that he made one of the better Star Wars movies there's ever been. Maybe give them time to watch uh, Knives Out again and the sequel to Knives Out. And, you know, hopefully they'll be like, oh, oh, maybe I missed something. Maybe I should go back and watch that movie again. Maybe I should really look forward to these
0: movies. Right. Like, actually, maybe enjoy them for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sony Interactive, uh, and I'm sorry, Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan stated in a blog post this week that in many regions outside the U.S., the price of the PlayStation 5 will be increasing due to demand and production issues. This will include Europe, the U.K., Japan, China, Australia, Mexico, and Canada. The price increase will be roughly 10% across markets.
1: I have been watching E3 and video game news in general. Yeah. Since the release of the, since the announcement of the release of the PlayStation 2. Right. In all of that time, in, in all of my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm 38 years old now, I, I've never, ever seen a console get more expensive. Never, not it's once. It's a first.
0: It's a first, really. Yeah. It's weird. It's a first. Um, yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. It's,
1: I mean, I know why, and, and 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 I get it, and I don't like like super care because mm-hmm. I have one. I sure, mean, of course, sure, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe if I didn't, I would be more. If I didn't, and I lived in one of the territories where it was like going up by a lot, uh, I would feel differently for sure. Right. I, yeah, if I was, was t- planning to get one and now it was like a little bit further out of reach, I, I'd be upset.
0: So the reason that they're saying that it's not increasing in the U.S. is the strength of the U.S. dollar and that the U.S. is the world's biggest console market, and it's where Sony competes most closely for market share.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that makes perfect sense, and that's so, exactly why they did that, yeah. because it wouldn't fly in the United States, and it might actually drive business towards Xbox. Right. But most other places in the world, it's not going to be the case. Microsoft yeah. doesn't have the same hold. They don't have the same kind of— Uh, deals with stuff like Game Pass and all those other countries. And Sony really has their international shit figured out. It's very true. So all of that makes sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, it fucking sucks. Chips are hard. Nancy Pelosi gets richer every day (laughs) uh, uh, off of the stocks for computer chips and uh, we all just sit here and our consoles get more expensive
0: suck it up and and hope that you can get your playstation yeah yeah
1: so I wish again and I I did the same you know all the way back when they were super scarce I wish everyone the best in getting their playstation 5 so you can play all the great games we've been playing yeah yeah
0: The director of 2016's Prey has been taking to the social waves over the week, appearing on podcasts and other media to discuss the making of Prey. According to him, Bethesda forced Arcane to use the name Prey because they held the rights to it. Yep. Quote, I did not want to call this game Prey, and I had to say that I wanted to in front of journalists. I hate to lie. It felt bad to support a message I did not want. He went on to say that many people at Arcane felt gross for having to use that name as it already belonged to a beloved game. He said, I wanted to apologize to the creators many, many times. I didn't have a chance because I don't know those people. It was never our intention to steal their IP and make it ours. It's gross. And it's not what I wanted to do. This is one of the many reasons after the release of prey that Raphael left the studio.
1: Mm. Fuck. Let's start. It's pretty deep. Um, I, I I can't sympathize with him enough. Like, I, I don't know what that's like, but it sounds fucking hard.
0: Taking something that was your, you and your team's creative project, mm-hmm. spending all of your time with it, getting pretty close to launch, not all quite ironed out yet, and being like, yeah, we're going to get close to like showing a demo or a trailer. And they're like, by the way, Daddy Bethesda, Todd Howard said, we're calling the game fucking Prey because we own the name.
1: Yeah, like, at at one point, part of me feels like, would the game have sold as well if it wasn't attached to the license? I think it would have. The advertising was very strong, and people really liked it on the strength of the trailer, not the name.
0: he, He believes that the name hindered it.
1: I... I I think there's definitely a side to that too. Not only did people see what definitely wasn't prey to being called prey and being a complete rewrite, but in the end, when they played the game and didn't at all get prey, mm-hmm. like if that's what they were expecting, if they were expecting, you know, a native with a bow hunting, a, you know, alien spirits when he dies, mm-hmm. and instead got. This other amazing game, you know, they'd be upset, and because it, it, no matter how much, you, you, no matter how incredible this flavor of vanilla is, if you bit into it expecting chocolate, it's gonna, it, you're, it, it's gonna be weird to your brain, right? Uh, so yeah, no, I, I absolutely could agree that it would have hindered the game. The, such a brilliant fucking game. Oh, One yes. of I the love it. most well I love both made. It and the original. One of the most faithful to the immersive uh, sim formula games mm-hmm. I've played in a really long time, yeah. beating the pants off of like the mainline Bethesda stuff, the no, Fallout fours and the and and the fucking you know the what, what Skyrims? Skyrim's of the world and the seventy yeah. sixes and all that shit. Yeah, this was a wonderful game that absolutely could have stood on its own two very tall fucking legs. And then they went and made DLC that was so good that it was better than the next game they made based on the DLC. Like this was all Prey. I'm doing it in air quotes now. I really hope that when they hopefully make a sequel to Prey, that they call it something else.
0: Yeah, maybe they will. I hope they do. Who knows? But yeah, I feel for this man because, like, holy crap, that sucks to just like have yep. such a great creative and like. That's I'm glad thing. he's
1: got his fucking it, mouth out him, now.
0: Him, yeah, yeah. He, he just released a Weird West. Yeah, that that's movie. right. Weird West was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it sucks that you and your team created an amazing project and you hadn't decided on the name yet. And, you know, that's what the thing is. You just want to name it last. You want to name yeah. the project and then we'll put the bow on it. And yeah. We know what it is. That, that will be our thing is when we get, to, we get to name our child. Yeah. And literally Bethesda walked in and said, no, we're naming your child.
1: Yeah, But but that's a terrible name and it already belonged to someone else. Right. You don't even want to call it Child
0: 2? <laughs> right. Like,
1: come on. <laughs> what are we doing
0: Uh, Netflix has decided to cancel the recently released Resident Evil series despite many positive reviews of it. Mm. Showrunner Matt Dabb has gone on to speak about the show, saying that they had plans for the show up to a season five and how that might have included a live-action Lady Dimitrescu.
1: Way to fucking just tease everyone right in the penis. And and other stuff. Whatever you got, you were teased in it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, Netflix shows come and go really fast. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the show, um, and, uh, you know, fucking Lance Reddick is amazing and everything. Of course.
0: We only watched a few episodes of it together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what we saw was great. I mean, a lot of people were saying online, they were saying, like, look, this is, like, the best adaptation because it's not an adaptation. Yeah, it's agreed. Not, it's not hindered by yeah. the sins of the past. You, you don't movies. have
1: a, a cheesy, blonde, Dolph Lundgren lookalike being Wesker, you right. know, like, 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 and standing there with his shirt off with a rocket launcher. Right. Like, like that would have been really boring. Bull- Boring. What they did was interesting. Yeah, I
0: completely agreed with that. So, yeah, it, it had a lot of possibility and a lot of opportunity. I mean, that's the thing though. Netflix is, is a service that at this point I'm beginning to get really nervous about because anytime a good show is announced for, it's like if the numbers aren't there, it can get pulled at any time. There's a reason why when Neil Gaiman came out and the Sandman was released. Um, he was saying, like, I need everybody to watch this show because if not, Netflix will cancel it on a fucking whim. Yeah, And I think that he at least had it written into the contract somewhere that he can shop it around to somewhere else or something. I mean, that's good.
1: Um, They they really need to... Netflix needs to figure out what they're doing with their mainstay mainstay series. They have a pretty good idea in having a few in each language, in each area they serve... And the really good ones, stuff like Dark or um, Million Dollar Heist, which is Portuguese, um, a couple of other things like that. Yeah. They've been, you know, and and obviously a lot of the big American standouts like Stranger Things or a lot of the like big Chinese movies like uh, Wandering Earth, mm-hmm. um, absolutely enormous and fantastic fucking movie, right? Um, stuff like that, like they really get the hang of. But I feel like they, it's almost like they shoot their shot too much, and mm-hmm. if they don't. Get get the like stranger things numbers right off the bat and they just kill really things
0: it is it's you have to be stranger things yeah and if you're not doing stranger things numbers then you're just kind of effed like that's yeah that's the way that it works you need And i don't even think it's just about peer view numbers for netflix i suspect now that i'm a part of netflix or anything the online discourse needs to be constant Yeah. They are checking social feeds to see, is this something that people are talking about? Is there a buzz about it? Think about when Squid Game happened. Oh, yeah. Everybody talked about it. Which
1: is why, and someone put it very, very well, if Netflix had released this last season of Stranger Things week to week, Mm -hmm. rather than releasing it all in one day and letting all of Twitter just catch up over two weeks. It would have been in the front and on top of everyone's mind in the front of Twitter for like eight to ten weeks. Mm -hmm. And it would have completely controlled the conversation. No one would have thought about any other shows that were airing at the time or coming out at the time. No one would be thinking about anything else. It would all be Stranger Things, the way Game of Thrones used to do. Right So, maybe they need to adjust that a little bit if they're going to let shows breathe and have a chance to get renewed right because any it seems like any show right now that isn't renewed after its first episode drops just isn't going anywhere
0: right. That's the thing of it, right. Um, yeah, mm. if you're not pulling those stranger things like crazy, yeah, you're right, like if stranger things had continued the way that it was mm-hmm. and like went over several episodes yeah. or several weeks, It probably would have remained in the conversation.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. People were, I mean, yeah, every like people within the first four days were like talking about Kate Bush. And then like five days after they were talking about new kids getting into old Kate Bush and right. you know, and then people being mad about Metallica. We, we had like a good two weeks of discourse off of a show that was only 10 episodes long that mm. all came out on one day. Right. That's how big that, and cool and fun that show
0: was. Exactly. So, yeah, I feel like they need to adjust their shit, man. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, but, yeah, like, that's the thing. Poor Resident Evil. It, I honestly, while I didn't, like, love, love it, it, it did well. It, yeah. It, it was enjoyable. It, I looked forward to... Seeing the rest of it, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, this is, this is great." Like, it
1: didn't blow me away, yeah. but it, it was good. You know what? I feel like Resident Evil needs as a, a, a in the cinematic universe, and I don't mean this in the way that the the uh, Paul mm-hmm. that the Anderson movies, W oh, um, S so Anderson, movies. yes, yeah. just got. They, they, I don't feel like they got absurd in the way that uh, you know b-movies schlock absurd in the way that the games do i feel like they just stop trying right so that's not what i want what i want is for some resident evil media to stop taking itself so fucking seriously that would be really good i mean
0: you could argue that Paul W S sannis movies did not take themselves so seriously uh
1: they took that the, it was that cringe way in where like Everything was bad, but, like, not on purpose, but also they were, like, right. dead serious about the T-Virus. Right. Even though the, like, giant creature had the eyeball in its shoulder. This is
0: why Resident to work so much better in animated format. It, yeah, in that, yeah, yeah, straight so. up. <laughs> uh, Sony's acquired the mobile game developer Savage Game Studios and merged them with a the recently launched... Launched PlayStation Studios Mobile Division, which horrible long name there. Oh yeah. For the purpose of developing a AAA live service game for mobile devices, the sales price was not disclosed. Keep in mind that earlier this year, Sony has acquired the Destiny developer Bungie, and is showing no signs of stopping when it comes to purchasing more studios.
1: Yeah, no, they're getting everything. Yeah. I mean, they're they're doing what they can. Everyone is buying up video game properties right now, and everyone is just terrified that they're about to be bought, or they're terrified that someone's going to buy something that they didn't.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I don't have it in our notes because it never happened, but earlier this week, there was a big scare that Amazon was looking to buy EA. Uh-huh. It turned out not to be true.
1: Right. But
0: it made headlines all morning. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: like, because everyone figured, like, oh, that's got to be true.
0: Right. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, we know that EA was trying to sell. We know that Amazon's been buying game studios. It's a whole thing. Yep. So, you know, when we hear things like PlayStation's buying up a mobile developer, well, sure, they're going to get their hands into more spots in the pie if they can. Yeah. So that's what they want to do. So, I mean, take it for what it is. Um, PlayStation's just doing what all the big... Con- well, what Microsoft is doing as well. They're getting as many companies as they can. Well,
1: Microsoft isn't the only one. There's that one who's been buying everyone lately. Um, I'm trying to remember it because like their the name key, is slipping right? my side. It's like Engager or... yeah. Something like that. Uh, I'll, I'll correct this later when I have a chance to Google it while James is talking. But they have bought so many game studios and so many properties in the last, like, month. They own Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They own Lord of the Rings. Not not like, like, like the books are still going to be published by the same publisher because they're the same fucking books. And there's no reason to move that. But if any TV gets made... Or any video game gets made. This is owned by a company that only owns game studios. Mm-hmm. They own the property, Lord of the Rings. And yeah. I don't know what they're doing yeah. with it, but, but it's fucking weird, man. It's video games. Video games are, own Lord of the Rings now. That's weird. It's so weird. It, it it's. Uh, I'm going to talk more about this when we talk about The Last of Us again. But there's this whole thing where the, me- the values of the medium have flipped back in the day when we were growing up, people would make a video game and it was popular enough, someone would think about making a movie about it yeah. and then make a really shitty one. Yep. Uh, you know, the most popular video game character in the world, Mario, got that movie. Yep. You know, and now we're at the point where video games get so big that you can't help but make movies and TV shows and shit based yep. on them. It's all
0: very true. Yeah. It's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, we, we opened this entire segment talking mm-hmm. about the mortuary assistant, which is an indie title that literally has been picked up for film. Mm-hmm. We talked about Bioshock, which, you know, is one of the biggest games of all time and, you know, is doing what it's doing now with getting an adaptation on Netflix. Uh,
1: Embracer, Embracer group. Right.
0: Yeah. Keep that name in your, in the back of your head. You're going to yeah. hear that a lot. We are going to oh, talk yeah. about Embracer. Published
1: a by, Embracer. Yep, we're gonna see a lot of that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: the director of King of uh, King of Fighters 15, uh, Yatsu Yoki. Uh, uh, Yoki Oda. Sorry, I had that space so that I could pronounce. Oh it yeah. I'm also trying to learn Japanese right now.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of vowels, y'all. Yeah, There's a both- the vowels every yeah. two letters. Hector
0: and I are making a plan to go to Japan in a couple of years. We're going to talk about this endlessly on the show. It's, mm-hmm. going, to be, it's going to be great. We're just, you and I are going to tear up Japan. Fuck yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, but yes, the director of King of Fighters spoke this week about another potential SNK versus Capcom crossover, saying the two companies are actually really interested in doing it. This kind of all started because during EVO 2022, there were two posters that were actually created by SNK and Capcom with all of their respective respective fighters on them. Not all of them, but just Mm -hmm, a handful from both sides. And all it just said was, Welcome back to EVO 2022. And that got everybody on the floor talking, being like, We need another SNK versus Capcom, please. That would be very nice. Um, And yeah, the people have spoken and they're like, Yeah, me, SNK of Capcom, we've been talking about it. We'll probably do it. I suspect uh, because this is only in early discussions. Obviously, Street Fighter Six is going to be coming out, you know, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Capcom's highly focusing on that, and then they can go into negotiations for how they want to handle the development of investment. Because we are talking about two game companies coming together to develop something like this. Yeah. No, so, that's cool. Yeah. The British Competition and Markets Authority has spoken with Microsoft about the potential acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Um, They have said that the deal could potentially restrict competitors' access to Activision Blizzard games. Tell me if you've heard this one before. (laughs) Uh, And limit competition in the cloud gaming market. I wonder who gave them that idea. They have given the uh, the two companies until September 8th to come up with proposals to address these concerns, according to Sky News.
1: It's not a real concern. This
0: is the same conversation that we had a month ago when yeah. we, when Sony said
1: this. Yeah, it's not a real concern. There's no monopoly. There are hundreds of game I, studios I, making I, thousands I of games. To
0: keep rumor and speculation out of the news. But God, this sounds like Sony just backed up a bunch of money to them and said, "Could you address this issue for
1: us?" Yeah. How would you like some of this Last of Us Two money? Address this, please. Would you? We just we just made a fucking fistful of cash from releasing Spider Man on the PC? How would you like a taste? I am
0: trying to keep away from rumor (laughs) and speculation, but this is the exact same argument that Sony made not like less than a month ago, and I'm just going and it's just
1: nonsense. Anyone who understands the market knows that there's no video game monopoly. There, country. There are companies trying very hard to be. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I, I mean yeah and, and, and everyone's like something something Tencent something something but sure. like Microsoft has this behavior Sony has this behavior Embracer Group definitely fucking has this behavior
0: about, we whoever to show-
1: bought THQ Holy
0: shit! We, I think it's Embracer, actually. Yeah, it's probably
1: Embracer. Um,
0: speaking of, we should probably do a boss room about that at some point because we've been talking about Sony buying up studios mm-hmm. and Microsoft buying in studios. We really need to spend a, some dedicated time talking about Embracer so that we can kind of educate everybody as to who this who this company is mm-hmm. and what they have been doing because this name is much more vitally important to the video game industry than people are giving it credit for.
1: Oh yeah, so yeah, and but but anyone who looks at this knows that there's not a monopoly. Okay. There's no danger of a monopoly happening. Mm-hmm. There is no future, at least right now that anyone can see where one publisher provides us all the games or right. even even a quarter of the games much less right. half or most like it's just not just it's no not on the cards right now no
0: matter what you think steam still exists
1: yeah and you can make a game in your house you can make a game like midnight fight express by yourself mm-hmm. it's just it's not going to be a monopoly for very long it, 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 if ever
0: yeah are you ready to end on some good news?
1: I love good news.
0: Like I wanted to end on something happy. Yeah. We have actually, aside from that Blizzard stuff, we I think we now have a Blizzard has gone 14 weeks without a big allegation against oh, them. Oh, wow. We may have set a new record for the Blizzard, are you okay? Oh, yeah. So well, we have, well, we're at two weeks.
1: Yeah, good Good job, Blizzard, yeah. I think. A very if, tentative good job. If
0: they make it a month, I'll throw a fucking party.
1: No shit, right? We need to pop a bottle next week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Tohoku University Graduate School of Medicine and Television and the network Sendai Broadcasting have created a new mobile game called Meteor Blaster. It is a browser-based mobile shooting game that was created to detect early signs of glaucoma. Mm. The game is free and only takes five minutes to play. Afterwards, it gives you a report that tells you if you are at risk of having glaucoma. According to Professor Toru Nakazawa, one of the game's developers, he said, quote, There are an estimated 4.65 million people in Japan who have glaucoma, but roughly 90% of them do not go to the hospital.
1: Wow. Huh fucking crazy i didn't know yeah. glaucoma was like endemic in japan it
0: is it's the leading cause of blindness in japan i did i read papers about this while i was reading because i was like is this a joke i need to cite my sources in japan y'all need to legalize like, some weed yeah right like legalize damn. Some weed. like that'll take care of that glaucoma real fast yeah um yeah no it's it's really strange and it was it's fascinating it was kind of uplifting it was like and it, yeah the way that the, the device I don't have this in the notes but the way that it works is you bring up the game in your on your and one of the reasons they do it browser based is so you don't mm-hmm. have to download an app or anything and they don't want to they don't want to collect information. Right. That's the point. Look at people not wanting to collect information for a medical thing. Yeah, they they
1: don't want to create a fucking database and round up all the glaucomas in Japan. It's right. not like they don't have a history of fucking eugenics or anything.
0: So you take it, you down, or you load up the game on, on your mobile app, and there's like a certain like distance that you hold it. It, it recommends you to hold it, and basically you just shoot these lasers and, and destroy meteors. Very very simple concept, mm. and it goes through stages where it's either varying difficulty or things like that. But basically, while it's doing this, there's these little white dots that are kind of flashing on the screen. You don't really notice, and that's it trying to gauge you. Ah. And so at the end of whatever 16 levels over five minutes, it'll give you a full extensive report being like, yes, yeah, you're at risk of glaucoma. Maybe you already are here close to having it. Uh, no, you're fine. And, yeah, it's just meant it was purely meant so that they could try and better the vision in Japan. And God, it, that's cool. And it'll probably be, you know, translated or whatever and brought over to the rest of the world.
1: Good. Yeah, everyone needs that. That's good.
0: It's nice to have some feel good news for once. It's nice. Hell yeah. And video game news. It feels good. Know. Video games doing good things. Right. Okay. But that is everything that we have for the Weekly rate. but stick with us, because when we come back, we'll be getting into our main topic in the boss room. boss room. Boss room. Hey, everyone. It's time for the boss room. Our main topic that is sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, I want to discuss the debates around the upcoming Last of Us remake. So for those of you who don't know, the PS3 game The Last of Us was re-released with a definitive edition on the PS4 with upscaled graphics and some small additions to it. Right. Um, Naughty Dog is actually about to re-release The Last of Us Part 1 for the PS5, rebuilt from the ground up. So before we get into the discussion or debate, I want to go into the new features. Mm -hmm. New features include uh, a graphical upgrade, um... A bunch of accessibility options, if you're familiar with The Last of Us 2. Tons of accessibility options for playing Mm -hmm. the game. Uh, An improved AI. It has a uh, DVD-styled commentary section um, that play over the non-interactive cinema scenes that are hosted by Neil Druckmann and voice actors Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson. Uh, They're unlocked by uh, reaching their respective moments in the campaign. Um, and then you can replay them in a menu afterwards. Um, once you've beaten the game, there is a dedicated speedrunning mode. Uh, a bunch of visual filters you can apply to the game to make the game look different and wacky and weird. Yeah. Uh, some gameplay modifiers, uh, including things like unlimited ammo, one-touch melee kills, and exploding arrows. So those are just some of the examples of the things that have been brought to The Last of Us remake now, let's talk about I don't want to use the term controversy here because The last of us 2 is a controversy. Yeah. Last of us 1 is a debate. Last of us 1's re remake is a debate in a lot of things. It's things like should it ha- should it have been done? Um What is the $70 price point when we've already gotten the game twice? Mm -hmm. Um, These are the things that are at the forefront, especially because there are still problems, at least on on the test releases that have been put out to, I believe, um, the the reviewers. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're saying that there's still some glitchy animations. Um, It's obviously removed the multiplayer mode. Um, There's just some things that are still dated in the game that they could have taken this opportunity if they were rebuilding it from the ground up to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So let's get into the debate of The Last of Us re-remake.
1: Okay. So uh, let me make my very first and probably best uh, uh, argument here. Um, I know... That Sony really went ahead and pioneered and marched forward with that new AAA video games from us cost $70 thing. So this feels mm-hmm. very, very expensive yeah. for what is ostensibly a game that some people bought twice. Um, let me go back in time and talk about The Last of Us Part 1. When before it was The Last of Us Part 1 and it was just The, the Last, Last of Us. Right. And it ran most of the time at thirty frames per second on the PlayStation three right but in a multiplayer mode, which was very very good and very beloved by a very uh not not huge but strongly loved like core about set of fans
0: this multiplayer tonight oh, makes me, oh man, wish I had played it it is it
1: was so so fucking cool, yeah. it was so fucking cool, but anyway all, all of that being said that high price point game game was the PlayStation it was the swan song of the PlayStation 3 right. one of the most powerful consoles that had ever even been imagined by anybody nobody could develop for it nobody could develop for except for a few Sony only studios who made a brilliant God of War game two three brilliant kill zone games mm. um uh, you, you know like like stuff like that we knew the system had potential we knew the system had power and at the end of its life it brought us the best looking game of its generation bar none the Xbox 360 could never touch a, anywhere near a game that looked as good as The Last of Us yeah. like like not gonna happen mm-hmm. PlayStation 4 comes out, and if you buy a PlayStation 4, they give you The Last of Us remastered, so now you can play it at 60 FPS with some better-looking textures because yeah. we're on the PS4 now. There's some, some up-res textures, you yeah. know? And it, Overall, the game looked smoother. It ran at a very nice frame rate for a video game. It, it, it just felt good in general. Mm. Uh, didn't have the multiplayer mode because that's just not how that worked anymore.
0: They did give you the DLC.
1: They did give you the DLC. Yep. Um,
0: so that's how I experienced The Last of Us for the first time. Yeah. It was which, which
1: was a wonderful way to experience for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, remember, this was with the launch of the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, after those editions sold out and we had like a good six month cycle, now you could purchase The Last of Us Remastered. Mm. Um, and it was still a pretty good game. And it was, I think it was always at a discounted price like 30, 40 yeah, bucks at the yeah, most. They, they discounted it. Yeah. yeah. But um, so that was the history of The Last of Us. Part one up until now. Then we had the whole thing with the Last of Us Part Two, which we have gone over in depth. Uh, We've talked about the game. We we love the game very much. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a it it is a fucking masterpiece in every sense of the word. But now now we're coming up on the Last of Us part part one. The Last of Us Part One, which what they did was they up they they. Took all of the character models and all of the environments and gave them a full, full remake with Last of Us two level graphics. Mm-hmm.
0: Some would say even better than the last. Of
1: Us. I would in in certain stages, in certain cutscenes. When I look at the facial animations, and this is weird to say because I've been playing The Last of Us uh, every couple of years or so for uh, since it came out. Mm-hmm. I know what those characters look like. I know what those scenes look like, and and a lot of those scenes still make me fucking cry. That's how good they are. Yep. When I saw, and I haven't played the game, I don't have a review copy or anything, but when I saw the Digital Foundry stuff and a couple of the reviewers when the embargo broke a day or two ago, Mm -hmm. those scenes being played with the new facial animations, the facial animations that, to me, are better than, in a lot of cases, The Last of Us 2s, which were industry-leading. Yeah. This is even more industry leading. And maybe it's because I know those performances and now watching the actual what looked to me and my brain makes my brain feel like actual human fucking faces in this story it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for the last, of, for the first thirty minutes of the Last of Us Part One right. and the Last of Us, but a tiny child dies, mm-hmm. and d- d- with the n- new fidelity, watching this child confused, worried, scared, eyes darting around, a-, a face quivering, wondering why this is happening to her, it is heartbreaking all over again. Mm-hmm. But what for really did it for me? Was watching all of the shadowed looks on Bill's face when you know Joel's when he knows Joel's looking away and he's thinking about his partner who killed himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 yeah, Last of Us is a dark game, Mm y'all. But this upgrade, this this visual fidelity increase, really, I think, is best best exemplified by the Collector's Edition. Blu-ray box set I have of Blade Runner. Okay. Blade Runner is a movie that was released theatrically with a really really terrible cut. Mm -hmm. And many more terrible cuts came after. A cut for TV. A cut for... Cable TV, but before like HBO was really a thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I originally saw it originally on the Sci Fi Channel, which is why I never watched it. Yeah. So I, was, I was like, this is a bad movie. I don't see why people like it. Your movie fucking sucked.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, a cut. Um, An an original director's cut where he finally got to do some things and then an actual final cut by the same director where he really, really decided he understood the project and made it exactly what he wanted it to be. And I have a six Blu-ray collection box set with every one of these cuts, every bit of commentary ever, ever released for the thing, Mm. every bit of everything ever released for the thing. And I've seen this movie, not in theaters, obviously, but I've seen it on VHS. Mm. Seen it on DVD. I have seen it redone in theaters in the past, uh, back when they were just like Blade Runner on the big screen, you know, one night at the Alamo, way back when. Um the absolute best edition is the final cut on Blu-ray mm-hmm. in the full glory that it has ever been. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous. The visual upgrade really, really helps the movie. It's one of the best movies ever made. And all of, the, all of the fidelity increases and the things that the directors put in to just, like, amplify the experience and make it feel more like what it was, that was worth the... What I paid, which is more than $70 for that fucking Blu-ray box set. And you know what? If they release it in 4K, I'd probably buy it again. All of this to say, $70 for The Last of Us Part 1 may not be worth it to everyone. And I may not be able to say everyone needs to go out and buy this. But if you're as big a fan of The Last of Us as I am of Blade Runner... um it might fucking well be worth it to you right. because this is the absolute best way anyone has ever played the game. This is not a phone in. This is not a, a lazy, like, Oh, they just up it. No, man, right. this is the real fucking deal. And if this is your favorite product or anywhere near it, if this is a product you identify with this version of it may just be the crowning achievement of your collection of things.
0: Right. Let's talk about the $70 price point. Yeah. Um, I am not here to convince you one way or the other on how you should feel about this. It's Mm -hmm. a $7 price point for a game that's already been released twice. Yep. Um, for some people that is not worth the value of the the thing
1: right right? absolutely not well well, let me put it to you this way and as as much as I've told you that I I, I love Blade Runner but also love The Last of Us I'm not paying fucking $70 for this shit right never in a million years you're
0: like I'm waiting for it to go on
1: sale yeah it's gonna go on sale maybe even as soon as this Christmas but like definitely by summer of next year I'm gonna get this game for about 30 bucks yeah and you know what? I'm gonna play through the. La- that's gonna be the next time I play through the Last of Us, sure. and it's gonna be fucking awesome. And I'm probably gonna go and play the Last of Us Part Two and spend a very angry couple of months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but on the other side of that equation um, is we are a show that definitely is pro developer. Oh yeah, make sure the developers get everything that they need and want, and are well taken care of, and all can live happy lives and not be miserable. They did build this game from the ground up.
1: They really did. They put so, so much effort into this. So, so much effort. And we'll talk a little bit more about accessibility features and whether or not they should be a price point. But um, We can talk about that now. Yeah. So, look, like, yes, they, they put so, so much effort into this. And the $70 price point is high. Let's talk about some of those accessibility features they're bringing over from The Last of Us Part Mm 2. We're talking about stuff that lets the hearing impaired play the game. We're talking about stuff that lets the visually impaired play the game. People with all kinds of different... People who, like, need big text. People who need uh, higher contrast because of certain eye diseases. People who need just basic shapes instead of human silhouettes for other reasons. Mm Um... People who want to be able to tweak their difficulty so that they don't have to mash buttons. Instead, they can hold them down because mm-hmm. they may have hand disabilities. All F, all of these people can experience The Last of Us Part Two in perfect fidelity, in ways that orients itself to their play style. This kind of inclusivity cannot be understated because it is, again, an industry-leading standard bar set by the studio. Right. And they're bringing it over into last of us calling it the last of us part one. So it's one cohesive thing that everyone can now experience together. Mm -hmm. That being said, that's a really high price point for the second half of the story. Like, look, if you're, if you're a person who was only ever, who was only able to play the last of us part two, because you had this disability and you really want to play part one and knew you could never get through it with the way that it was currently made. And now you can, that's still really expensive. And maybe, just maybe, they should have taken these accessibility features and done the work to not only put them into their remas- into their Last of Us Part 1, but also into the remaster, mm-hmm. which a lot of people can get much cheaper and which a lot of people already own who could now go back and play the game that way, right. just the way they want. Right. Um, and not charge people money for those things, mm-hmm. which would be honestly incredibly generous it, it wouldn't be it is the right thing to do it's certainly not in taking with the capitalism of making video games yes, but course. it is the right thing to do and it's a good thing and it's a goodwill gesture that may have gotten you a lot of goodwill but certainly probably less money
0: it, it almost sounds the way that you speak about this is so bittersweet because you're like accessibility good capitalism back, Yeah. Is what it boils down to. It really does. And I'm not trying to oversimplify your argument. but No. I
1: mean, that's-, th- that's definitely just it because they didn't need, even in The Last of Us Part 2, when they made the game, they didn't need to do any of that shit. They did not need to put in all of these modes to make people more comfortable while playing their game. Right. They did not need to put in a, oh, you have to press triangle for every item you pick up. No, you can just hold it down because right. you don't like to press buttons that much. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't need to do all of that. That wasn't capitalism. That was a developer being awesome. No. That was Neil Druckmann and whoever else designed all of these things, wanting as many people as possible to be experience the story he made about how violence is bad. Stop committing it. It looks really horrible because this is what it looks like.
0: Yep. It's a complicated issue, and which is why when I was coming into this discussion initially, I really wanted to open with I don't know if I have a dog in this race because Mm -hmm. I've had some great uh, news outlets. I've read their articles and they've said, you know, it's really great that all these things are in it and Mm -hmm. it's it's a vast improvement and I'm excited for it. And there have been people who are just people that I, I watch on Twitter or on uh, you know YouTube saying like well it's good but it's not good enough.
1: Right. Yeah and, and I've seen some of the arguments like oh obviously you can go prone in Last of Us Part 2 you yeah. still you couldn't in Last of Us Part 1 and you still can not mm-hmm. because that would have required major level redesigns and AI right. redesigns like that wouldn't have made any sense. Right. The AI if anyone remembers in the first Last of Us wasn't that great. The new changes that they've made have made things better mm-hmm. because the AI was really silly before mm-hmm. because I mean they were zombies they they put as much effort into zombies as anyone had outside of like Valve but like they did a pretty good job Um, but the the improvements are better but there are some things they could have done to go further but remember this is a remake that no one asked for that they did because they wanted their entire project The Last of Us to have fucking fidelity throughout the experience and I really do respect that and I, I really have to push back against some of the Twitter conversations I've seen calling this price gouging That's not how price gouging works. You price gouge for things that people need, for essentials. No one would be calling this price gouging if no one wanted the game. If I released Ball in Wonderland for $70, no one would say, that's price gouging, because no one would buy it, because it's bad. And people would say, oh, it's obviously far too expensive because it's a piece of shit. Okay.
0: So the other questions from the Twitter discourse are, is this necessary, would you say? In in so much that a video game can be necessary. That's let's my not, question. Let's, let's not get existential. Th- that's
1: things. my question. What do they even mean by that? I, yeah. If they're saying... They can only really be saying one thing, as far as I can tell, is couldn't this studio have spent their time doing something I would like more than this? Oh, all right,
0: all right.
1: And honestly, what the fuck are you even talking about? Mm. What the fuck are you talking about? The studio did its next project Mm -hmm. and it's not even the whole studio it's parts of the studio we know part of them are working on the multiplayer thing and we know part of them are working on an entirely new ip Mm -hmm. so they broke a piece off to do this thing that they really wanted to do
0: it's essentially a passion project it is
1: and if you're saying and yeah they're charging for it but if, if you're saying that like couldn't their time have been better spent elsewhere I don't know, dog. Maybe apply to be the he- to, to take Neil Druckmann's job and <laughs> you can fucking tell them what their next project should be. Right. But, like, I don't know what people mean when they say, is this necessary? And I don't mean what video game is necessary. There are a lot of wonderful, necessary video games that helped me and a lot of other people think about life in very different ways.
0: Hector hentai games don't count.
1: Hentai games don't count. Hentai games are for, you know, d- d- washing my weasel. <laughs> but... But but uh, that, that, that you know, just uh, there's a lot of great games out there that do necessary things. Mm-hmm. And if you look, if if the next game Celeste made wasn't Celeste two, but was something else, and someone said, "Was this necessary?" I would hold up two middle fingers and wish I could grow a third. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna let go, these people make I, what they I'm want. I'm
0: going to oversimplify this. I feel the exact same way that you're talking about Celeste right now with me playing Arcade Paradise. Yeah. Is Arcade Paradise necessary? It's a simulation where you run an arcade. Is that a necessary thing? That's a literal job that I had when I was 18. Like, is that a necessary thing? For me, maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it was nice to recapture that part of my youth.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe it feels good to just, like, like, flow through that state and have a good way to relax after work. And maybe sometimes it feels good to, like, dig into a deep and dark story that, like, lets you, like, think really, like... it. it fucking existentially about the humanity of it all Mm -hmm. and about you know what the apocalypse really means for all of us and what it means to be one of the last of us
0: and i think that when you ask the horrible question is this necessary ultimately not to come back to it again but those accessibility options maybe that alone makes the remake necessary
1: i agree I agree. And the argument is then why charge for them? And it's because they didn't want to just do that. I'm pretty sure at some point someone went up to Neil Druckmann and said, man, we should really make The Last of Us 1 feel like The Last of Us Part 1 since we called 2 Part 2. And, you know, maybe if people want to go back and experience that now that they've seen this amazing game that was in the zeitgeist for weeks and weeks. Mm Um, We should throw, you know, some of those options and some of those features back in the old game. Maybe we should like do some work to improve it since remasters are a thing right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone in that, someone in that boardroom, someone in that office, someone in that meeting was like, oh, but we can do better than that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm not mad at them for doing it. How could anyone be mad at them for doing that? Mm -hmm. This is good.
0: It's a lot to think about. There's a lot to take in. There's a lot of questions that are being asked. you know. And like I said, this isn't like a heated discourse the way the Last of Us 2's discussions were. Yeah, it's- I
1: mean, most of it's Twitter language. It's, it's real easy to call someone a fascist on Twitter and yeah. tell them, you know, like, oh, you could have done something better. How dare you? But I don't know.
0: How dare you waste my time with your great game again?
1: Yeah, but I'm literally from the generation where I used to see people write into Game Informer and say things like uh, Square Enix has lost honor in the terms of the Japanese. For publishing a Final Fantasy on Xbox, right. from like the whitest kid from Illinois you've ever mm-hmm. seen, like write a letter to the editor. So <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 very very used to gamer discourse, and this didn't phase me, and I hope it didn't phase yeah. Naughty Dog. It, like I said,
0: it's not as bad as most games. It's not not days. not even close. You know, the, the, it's very minor. It's enough for the people are debating it mm-hmm. and not shouting it to them and nobody's lives are being threatened over this true if, which if, is new if, yeah if anything <laughs> people are having a healthy discourse about this online which, holy shit. Yeah. For when it comes to a Last of Us game, people having a healthy discourse about it hasn't happened since the original game came out.
1: It almost feels like there was somewhere in the 2020s, there was a moment where all of the old gamers realized they were old gamers and on Twitter and realized who the young gamers were. And were like, suddenly someone realizes all of the sudden they're the adult in the room. Right. And they're like, oh, fuck. All right. All right. Right, everyone shut up everyone shut up let's <laughs> let's let's let, let's bring this back to reality that this is that everyone's just screaming mm-hmm. let's 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 have a let's have a like decent human conversation about video games for a second right and yeah i i, I, I and i like that the game's discourse has mellowed a little at least until you know uh fucking what's the Starlight, Starlink, the, 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 oh, new, the, new the new Bethesda game.
0: game. Oh, I, I thought you were just going to say The Last of Us Part 3 because that's oh, where yeah. we're all going to be back at this again when The Last of Us Part 3 or the Last yeah. of Us 2 comes out. Yeah, yeah,
1: whatever happens with that. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, whenever that comes out, I'm sure there will be more discourse. <laughs>
0: yeah. Welcome to it. So, like I said, I did, it, it's a, an interesting issue because we can discuss and we can debate and we don't have to be angry about it. Um, Hector, what are your feelings, even though you haven't played it, about the upcoming Last of Us Part 1?
1: I can't wait to play it. I'm not going to play it for full price, but I cannot wait to play it. If I'm very, very lucky, I will find somebody who hasn't played it, who wants to play it, or who wants to see it played. Because a lot of people, you know, just don't like holding the controller. And who wants to experience something really good and maybe even just driven by the HBO series and is like, whoa, maybe I need to see this shit. You know, I uh, I would love to take someone through that game. But overall, like, it's the type of media that, I mean, deserves every award it's gotten. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the best written games. Definitely one of the best written games ever made, if not the actual best. Mm-hmm. Um, and a highlight of a medium with
0: discount all those hentai games big,
1: bright attention? and highlight. And, and yeah, no, the hentai games,
0: the writing's a bit flat. Uh, you know, unlike the girls, the writing can be a little a little shallow
1: sometimes.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, like I said, it's just nice to be able to have this kind of conversation and discourse about it. When it comes to me and my opinion about it, uh, I'm, I'm in your boat, obviously, that I don't want to pay full price for it. I've mm-hmm. already played it. Um, I'm glad that this will introduce The Last of Us, hopefully, to some new people. Yeah. I'm hoping that the show will introduce some new people to the universe because mm-hmm. it is a very fleshed out, fascinating, rich universe that makes you want to dive into it more. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to experience it more. Yeah. Um, and I think that when it comes to entertainment, one of the greatest things that any form of entertainment can do is really just to move you. hmm And the last of us has always had that ability to move the people who experience it. Yeah. Whenever somebody talks about the last of us, the original game, they will always say those first 30 minutes got me. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if they're like, if you don't, if you don't get it in the first 30 minutes, you, you have no soul. Yeah, yeah straight it's up. It's like saying, well, I didn't really care for Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, it's like, so, yeah, you know, it was so all right. No, no you have no. <laughs> you are human proof that you have no soul. Please <laughs> exit the room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hope for best for, for the everything for Naughty Dog. Mm-hmm. I hope the Last of Us Part 1's uh, release comes out and it's good and it's successful and people enjoy it. I'm glad that we could have a calm Quiet discourse about this without mm-hmm. any actors or actresses' lives getting threatened. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, please, uh, thank I guess. You, Internet,
1: <laughs> thank that. you for 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 keeping the bar. Exactly where it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Thank you, Internet, for that. Uh, But, yeah, that's everything that we have for the news this week. Uh, Thank you for everybody tuning in. Thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, Seriously, you guys are so wonderful. We're going to have so much more content for you over the next couple months. So, you know, hang in for that. Thank you to everybody who was on our Twitch today. We had graphical issues, and I managed to fix them on stream. It was was a chaotic ride. Midstream. Uh, Midstream. It was nuts. Um, But, yes, thank you to everybody Um, Thank you for tuning in. And until next week, for Hector, this is James. And for
1: James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game.